And we're back. That's right. Another episode was so big we had to cut it into. Usually we do TV and movies in the same episode, but this week is going to be the continuation. We watched a bunch of shit. Yeah. So we, yeah, we, we did TV you. last week for you. This week we're going to talk about movies, all kinds of movies. And you know how much Ryan fucking hates movies. I hate movies. All right. <laughs> Apparently Jack Black improv that one. But Ryan, like you, you do love, like you know, going to see stage productions based off I mean, of the movies, don't you? I mean, I don't know. Love's a strong word. I I do do it. <laughs> you do do it. I do do it. Yeah. So me and the girlfriend had a, a nice little night. We went. We had plans to go see uh, the opening night at the Sanger Theater of Tootsie. Um, it was an interesting night because we got there. Did y'all get something to eat? Well, here no, we didn't. The funny thing is, is she thought it started at seven. It actually was supposed to start at seven thirty. So we got there at quarter to seven. So I'm like, what the fuck are we gonna do now? So she's like, let's go to the Roosevelt. Which is right a couple blocks down. So we went to the Roosevelt. They had a beautiful bar in there. And uh, we had some drinks. Um, delicious, expensive drinks. You should go back when they put their Christmas decorations up. It's quite a so I've heard quite a sight. Glenn's wife Sandra mentioned that yeah. on my post about that. But um yeah, we should all go. Yeah, it was it was beautiful down there. Um what what you have to drink? I first started with a old fashioned. Oh, nice. Which was... Did they make it the right way? Yeah, it was really good. And after that, we were having a conversation, and I mentioned uh, French 75, and she didn't know what that was. And I was like, well, I'm going to get one so you can can taste it. I was like, it's fucking delicious. It's amazing. So after that, I had a French 75, and she loved it. And then, of course, ironically enough, the woman next to me ordered one. Oh. So I started a little bit of a trend when people see those things, they want to know what it is and they want to get it. So yeah, French 75s are like a famous New Orleans. I guess they're from originally from New Orleans. Originally. I guess so. I mean, it's it not it's, like it. it's not as famous as the Sazerac. No, but, but it's but it's delicious. Um, anyway, so we had some drinks there, got pretty toasty, walked back to the Sanger, and then we got back there about 7.15, 7.20, and we got in, and there was apparently, for whatever reason, there was a delay on the starting of the show they pushed the show start time back 30 more minutes so we had to stand in like the crowded lobby with they wouldn't let anybody in to even get to their seats till like eight o'clock did someone get sick i don't know what happened they never did say why um i mean opening night who the fuck knows if they had problems with the stage i don't know but anyway we uh we finally did get in and man i'm telling you the, the sanger it's a beautiful building and it's great but my god the seats are awful the seats suck they look comfortable and when you first sit down, they kind of feel comfortable. But by the end, you one ass cheek, you will not feel. Um, <laughs> but the show we saw was Tootsie, um, based on the movie with uh, Dustin Hoffman from the 80s, about an uh, eccentric actor who has burned so many bridges in the acting world that he can't get a job. So he decides to audition for this one particular role as a woman because he thinks he knows the part so well. He gets the part, and it turns into a bit of a phenomenon where that... that character takes off and becomes really popular and now he's got to hold up this facade of being a woman and uh, it's very very funny um they did make some changes from the movie um a couple minor things like in the movie it's a a soap opera that he auditions for in the the stage show it's a it's a musical so it, it made sense it wasn't drastic changes so if you get a chance to check it out i don't think it's at the sanger anymore Maybe it still is. Maybe we'll check and see. But if you get a chance to check out that stage play, it's really, really good. Very, very funny. Highly recommend it. Good times. So, let's get right to it. Boba Fett under the helmet. <laughs> Bring it the fuck on, Glenn. Yeah. Jesus. That's aggressive. Yeah, that was aggressive. So, um, as we mentioned last week, um, we had a little event called Disney Plus Day, where Disney Plus dropped the, some new stuff. It was. It was kind of disappointing. It was lackluster. Like the Obi-Wan thing I got really psyched for, and I saw it was a minute long. It was, it was like, a minute long, and it doesn't even show... It, they, it's, and it said it was going to show you like the footage of them. It was like it was a piece of artwork. Artwork, yeah. yeah. Concept art. And then the whole thing, it was supposed to be all the, the trailer for the extended trailer for all the new shows, and it was like 14 minutes long. The first nine minutes of it were a recap of the stuff that's already happened. Right. And then like, I mean, it was if, if you followed along that day trying to fo- follow every all the new stuff, it was all one big Twitter thread. That you had to keep refreshing. It was just, it was not done well. No. But um, one of the things that was done well was they had a little documentary. And I know the reason they're dropping this is because the next big Star Wars show is Book of Boba Fett. So um, they dropped this documentary. It's not very long. It's it's less than an hour. And it's uh, called Under the Helmet. 
the legacy of Boba Fett. And um, it pretty much goes through the history of everyone's favorite bounty hunter. Um, well, most people's favorite bounty hunter. Um, some people might like IG-88 but or Bosk. But um, the... Uh, <laughs> I mean, it went through the original, like, apparently when they came up with this armor, um, it was originally George Lucas's idea for Empire Strikes Back that those were going to be the new upgraded stormtroopers. But um, when he sat down with the costume people, that would have been way too expensive to make many, many versions of this armor. So they just had the one, the one set of this armor that was stark white, and they decided to make it one of the bounty hunters, and they... They weathered it and colored it and stuff, and before you know it, Boba Fett was born. Um, funny enough, his first appearance was in the much-talked-about Star Wars holiday special. Um, he was in that in animated form, which they called him Boba Fett, and that's where he premiered. Um, the first time a lot of people saw him in live action um, was, I think it was at the Rose Bowl Parade uh, in 1979. Darth Vader was there with a brand-new character named Boba Fett. No one knew anything about this character. And they were talking about how they kind of based him on um, the man with no name. Because they said that's why even you hear the uh, Spurge angle whenever he shows up. as like an homage to these old westerns. And it, it's really cool. I mean, they talked to all the... Um, I mean, the, the, the guy that played him through most of the original, and Jeremy Bullock, has passed. But they talked to his widow. They talked to the kid that played Boba in the, the, the prequels. And um, they talked to Tamar Morrison and... It's it's really if if you're a Star Wars fan, it's it's a lot of fun. Yeah. You just you learn a lot of. Can you talk about the fact that uh, Lucas had no idea Boba Fett was going to be as popular as he turned out to be? Kinda. They kind of just said that when they just did it, they just were doing a bounty hunter with no real lines. Yeah. I mean, no one knew how big he was going to become, and then they went through the whole thing with the um, mail away action figure with the launching rocket, and then when people got it, the rocket did not launch because of the, uh, you know the. Safety issues. And what is in the whole? He only has like three lines in the whole series, right? right? Or four lines, maybe. He has only four or, lines. Yeah. Because they mentioned a lot about they they compare him a lot to the man with no name, yeah. where um you know you heard the the Spurs jangle and stuff, but um and then it got into his return in the Mandalorian and stuff, but it's a, it's an it's a very interesting little documentary. It's not too long. It's it's a lot. It's a lot of fun. Cool. It's on uh, Disney Plus. Yeah, I enjoyed well, it. You, you, know, you liked it? Mm-hmm, I did. It's uh it's not even up for debate. The best Rocky movie is four, um but. Rocky and Drago oh, for fuck's sake. was released, and uh, I didn't get to watch it, but... Uh, I, I rented it. Awesome. Yeah. So, how much did you pay for that thing? $3.99. Where did you just rent it on? I rented it on Amazon, but it's on iTunes. It's anywhere you can oh, get okay. VOD. It's just, it's... All right, so, um, during the pandemic, so Stallone talked a lot about this, about how um, he was looking for something to do during the pandemic, so he rented this... Um, editing studio and was pretty much in this building by himself and he wanted to re-edit Rocky IV because um, I mean it's funny to hear him talk about it because he talked about how like when the original Rocky IV was made in the 80s it was a, like the height of his popularity and he, he was a little full of himself back then and um, you know the, the 80s had a certain style where you know everything was kind of big and there were a lot of montages and he wanted to remake Rocky IV to be more of a drama to fit alongside the, the you know where it would flow better with the other Rocky movies and and so he wanted to fix it he, well he wanted to change it and <laughs> and also for the most part he succeeded I mean it, when you watch this new version the title of it is Rocky versus Drago it's Sylvester Stallone's cut of Rocky IV um, and a lot of the same stuff from the original movies in there, but there's a lot of stuff added. I think he added like 40 minutes of of new footage. Um, the robot was deleted. Um, no. In fact, a, a lot of stuff with um, Rocky's son is deleted because I think he, a lot of that was kind of silly stuff. And there is some still some some comedic stuff with Pauly, but a lot of the the like over the top comedic stuff is is not there anymore. Um, this movie, I I could kind of tell what he was doing because this, the way that this Rocky versus Drago flows, it's gonna flow when you watch them one after the other. It's gonna flow much better into um, the Creed movies, especially Creed two when you re re are introduced to the the Drago family. Um, but I mean, a lot of the music montages are still there, but they feel kind of different. Um, just to give you kind of an example, like the. 
the Apollo Creed entrance into the fight with the James Brown playing, he kind of changed that where you kind of see it through Ivan's point of view, where the camera's kind of behind him the entire time while this elevator's bringing him up to the ring while, you know, this whole spectacle's going on, and he just seems very unnerved and kind of, you know, what the hell's going on because he doesn't really speak English. And you kind of see almost like... So then when Rocky goes to the Soviet Union and kind of sees it from the other side, it, you, you kind of... They, they put you in their, their you know, various shoes. Um, and another thing that I was kind of talking to y'all about that I didn't remember from the original one was after... And this is, you know, I guess spoiler from a movie from 1985, but um, after Apollo Creed dies... Wait, and, what? Yeah, and, um, you know, Rocky wants to fight Ivan Drago. There's a whole scene with the boxing commission that don't want... They, they do not want to allow this fight to go because if another accident like this happens with the heavyweight champion, you know, the sport, they don't think it would survive. So there's this whole thing with Rocky renouncing his title and pretty much leaving the, the, the sport to go fight Drago in the Soviet Union. Which yeah, I guess, happen. which which I think flows into where you see Rocky and Rocky Balboa, where he's mm-hmm. where he has to go, you know, get re even though he's older, he has to go through all these tests to go back into or the Rocky ring. Five. They, I, I have a feeling they're they're going to speak as a lot less about Rocky Five as they can. I, I got a hint to Rocky Balboa. They didn't shy away from the fact that it existed. The, the only thing that like they didn't mention is brain injuries. I mean, the mm-hmm. only uh, the only real mention of Rocky Five was his son St. home team. But um, so, Greg, why do you think Rocky Four is the best? Because one? it irritates you. No. Um, oh no! It's but... because he single-handedly tears down the Iron Curtain. All right, Greg. With the famous "If eyes can change, right. you can so, change." So, so, so that speech, that, which I guess, if we're giving spoilers, that I'm going to position myself so I can see Greg. That 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 speech is still in it. However, Gorbachev does not stand and clap. Okay, this is illegitimate. Yeah, because um, <laughs> Gorbachev. This is like taking out celebrate the love yub yub. I can see Greg's heart literally break just now. (laughs) That's that's not like that's unacceptable. Because well, if you think about where we meet up with the the characters in Creed two, where Drago has now been banished from Soviet Union, and um, I mean it's like Gorbachev staring at that uh, the the minister or whatever the the boxing person that you know everything he hits he destroys, where he's like. Gonna have this guy executed, basically. There you go, Greg. It's um, Your whole it's it's just like it's it's really a was. it's a it's a very different feeling film. A lot of the montages are Ghostbusters still... Ghostbusters two. I don't start with. Well, that. well, we'll get to that in a, in a, later in the episode. Yeah, but um, it, a lot of the mo- the montages are still all there. A lot of the stuff is still all there, but it's just is it's he a, still bench press poly? Yes. Okay. <laughs> there's a there's it's just right, a different I'm, feeling. I'm getting over. This. And I will say the opening's a little interesting because I'm not sure if. He like if he was making this for people that really hadn't seen the Rocky movies because the first probably five minutes, it's a five minute kind of condensed version of Rocky three. It goes through all the events of Rocky three in about three or four minutes. They all they all do that. Yeah. But this one didn't. The, like the, the Rocky four did. The opening didn't go through the entire thing. I don't think. Our hearts on fire. Yeah, hearts okay. were on fire. Just making sure. But you see, he's going to remake Rocky Five now, and Boris Yeltsin's going to come in. That's when they're going to end communism. Yeah. So that just hasn't happened yet. So now that Stallone has confirmed that he did not tear down the Iron Curtain, Greg, you can stop saying that now. Uh, so Rocky Four still fucking exists, all right? It, I mean, it does. And I mean, this is just a different version. I'm glad they both exist. I mean, they're both entertaining. This just is the Kelvin universe. This is just no, it's just not one an alternate universe. I will it say, is. like, just the original Rocky Four is very much a product of the '80s and. I'm telling you, this one... variant. No, if George Lucas has the right to change his version and vision of films, so does Sylvester Stallone. And Stallone has made... But did made Stallone say that this supplants the correction. previous version? He did not. He, he did he not. Made, he made a course like, I'm having some fun I mean, with it this. just says, it says it's a director's cut, kind of like both versions of Payback with Mel Gibson. Oh, that's, no, that, that was a different situation. Oh, no, that suddenly it's different. No, because oh, that Ryan, was... Ryan, no. Blade Runner. Or bl- all the that, different versions that, of Blade that Runner. That I could see, but the, the Payback shit was... They fired the director and yeah. stuff like... But this is, I think, just Stallone wanting to kind of make it. And I will say, if you watch, this all, is a Snyder cut. It's going to flow more into what they did with the Creed movies, and I think that's the whole reason he did it. Um, you get a lot more with Apollo in this movie too. I will say, um, get some more stuff with Adrian. Paulie doesn't have a whole lot to do, and neither does Rocky's kid. Because remember, during the fight, it kept cutting back to him, like watching it. None of that's in there. The the whole boxing match between him and Drago. 
he kind of re-edited it where you're in the ring the entire time, which okay. and it doesn't cut back and forth to the uh, people watching on TV. So it avoids a lot of Hollywood cliches, kind of. And I now and I would give the new Rocky four. I think I'd give it a seven, seven and a quarter. What'd you give the old one? Well, the eleven. Old, oh, eleven. Oh, get the fuck. No, out. no. Honestly, I, I wouldn't even know what to, it's, that movie's so old. Uh, I'd probably, honestly, I'd probably grade them both about the same. I mean, they're um, just one's a lot of eighties cheese and pop, and one's more of like a like a drama, and it's a, it's an interesting experiment. Well, were you attacked by any Hollywood cliches? Funny enough, so I did watch a Netflix special called Attack of the Hollywood Cliches, hosted by Mr. Rob Lowe, Rob Lowe. and. It's really funny, especially if you're a fan of movies and are in a lot of movies. He just goes through a lot of Hollywood cliches, and he specifically mentioned Rocky Four in this documentary. I didn't watch all of it. I watched because fifteen twenty minutes of it. It's it's. I don't even think it's. A, it might be about an hour. Yeah, I, I got the gist of it. It's funny from the fifteen twenty minutes and an And he just goes through a lot of famous like cliches you would see in movies, and one of them when he gets to montage, he talked about Rocky Four and a third of it being a montage. Yeah. But um, it's it it's funny. Like I said, especially if you're in the movies, when he goes through all the the typical Hollywood cliches, like he goes through the history of the Wilhelm scream at one point. He goes through the um the cop always turning in their badge and their gun. Um, it, I love the the part where he was talking about the the shots at funerals. Yeah, where there's always someone who ha- can't be with everybody else at the funeral who has to be at a distance. Mm-hmm. And then he was like, Fast and the Furious took it to another level where they showed. Three different viewpoints of different people at a funeral, like looking. And at then the there's always a scene of them like having a conversation with the tomb. Yes. Yeah. It, it, it's it. Lethal like, Weapon was featured a lot. Yeah, it was. It was. The turning your gun in your badge thing reminds me of how awesome it, so I married an axe murderer is when he he wants the police chief to <laughs> to be. I watched that recently. It was just on Showtime or whatever. When Karen and I watched it, I, I love that movie. You know, I've never seen that. So I married an axe murderer. You it's really watch it. funny. It's funny. One of the best cameos ever in any movie by Phil Hartman. God rest. Yeah. But um, this is funny. It's on Netflix. It's not overly long. It's hosted by Rob Lowe. It's funny. If, especially, like I said, if you're a fan of movies, you'll watch this and you'll probably laugh because you've probably seen most of the things that Rob Lowe talks about. And you don't about. have to buy anything from Atkins to watch Rob Lowe. Mm. You're right. No peanut butter cups or chocolate milkshakes. <laughs> um, so I'm assuming this is a movie starring Richard Lewis. It's called King Richard with... Well, yeah, this is very misleading. It's a horrible title for a movie because Glenn messages us in our group saying, hey, uh, I watched King Richard if any of y'all want to check it out. I was like, oh, cool, uh, like a Crusades movie. I go put it on, <laughs> and it's fucking about the Serena, it's about Venus and Serena Williams' dad. And I'm like, oh, I don't, it was Will Smith again. And he's a great actor, and the Williams sister story, I mean, because I follow sports so closely, I kind of knew about what this guy was able to accomplish. It's a pretty amazing story, but... I didn't feel the need to watch the movie. Maybe you could convince me otherwise. All right, so the one thing this movie does that impressed me the lot, like a lot, is I'm not a fan of tennis. I don't know a lot about tennis. I'm not really interested in tennis. This movie fascinated me and made me want to learn more about tennis. It's like, and when a movie makes you kind of interested in something you have no interest so in, this is like Greg's Rounders. There you yeah, go. or or uh, a river runs through. Yeah, it. one one of those kind of things. Um, Will Smith is fantastic in this movie. He plays uh, Richard Williams, um, and you know he has two daughters. Well, he has a, a lot of children, but specifically Venus and Serena Williams. And um, you know it takes place in kind of the '80s, and they're from Compton. In fact, they even mentioned some of the Rodney King stuff going on during this film. And it's his quest to try to get them to uh, play tennis professionally. Um, it's a, you know, he goes through a lot of, uh, you know, asking different coaches, trying to get in these clubs, um, for it to break into what's a predominantly white sport. And this movie, the story is just fascinating. Like, it's kind of unbelievable that this really happened. Right. Um, and it's a, it's a very inspirational story. Will Smith, I have to say, I'm glad they cast him because he's so freaking likable i think if they would have cast anybody else this character would not have been very likable like 
because there's a lot of scenes where like the coaches are telling Venus and Serena, no, you, you, he's that you know he hires them to coach them, and when they're like, no, you're doing it wrong, you need to stand this way when you swing a certain way, and he jumps in, he's like, I told you not to do it that way, do it the other way, and the coach is like, well, you paid me to coach them, and he's like, well, you're doing it wrong, and I think a lot of other actors, it would have he would have just come off. I don't know, kind of arrogant and self-centered, but Will Smith is just so likable, and you just you can't help but like Will Smith, and it just you you just root for this guy and his family, um, and I I just want to say something about some of the supporting performances because Will Smith, I wouldn't be surprised if he's nominated for an Oscar for this film. Really? Yeah, he's in just about every scene, and he steals a lot of scenes, and he's just great, uh, and he's kind of playing against type because like he is very charming, but. I mean, he's also very kind of disheveled, and I mean, he's wearing the, I mean, I guess it's the signs and the, the, the times in the sport, but he might be wearing the shortest shorts I've ever seen in, in my <laughs> life. But um, two actors, John Barenthal is one of the coaches, and he's fantastic, but I just want to say something. There's an actor by the name of Tony Goldwyn. A lot of people always remember him as the villain from Ghost. I remember him as Tarzan. And he is fantastic in this film, and I read that, like, he like Liev Schreiber was supposed to play this role and he had to drop out because of some scheduling conflict and Tony Goldwyn kind of came the day before and he just killed it and he's so likable and I just feel bad that everyone always remembers him as the asshole that killed Patrick Swayze and he's been in so many things and he's always good I just wanted to mention him but the girls that played Venus and Serena they're very good I mean everything about the way this movie made was top notch um, it's on HBO Max right now and it's in theaters uh, it's it's a little long. I think it might be they could have trimmed maybe about ten or fifteen minutes on it because it's over an hour and a, it's over two and a half hours. But um, it's like I said, I think it's just as stories go, this is one that absolutely deserves to be told, and it was no, it, it was it, a fun it, movie. It, we we did a win a loss record for Will Smith, but I still think his ability to provide dramatic performances is is vastly underrated. Yeah, uh, yeah. even in like tell the truth, even in like sci-fi or like like an iRobot, like. He uh-huh. was, or in I Am Legend. I mean, I think he, his ability to be a great actor is very underrated. And he's he's great in this. It's like I said, it's just it's it's a fascinating story. Would you get it? I think I'd give it. I don't know, eight and a half. Oh wow! That's it was high. it was it was it was it was it was excellent. Okay. I mean, the bigger they are, the harder they fall. Yeah. So uh, I watched this movie. This is a uh, this is a Netflix movie that came out. Um, it's it's a something you don't see very often. It's a western with an all black cast, and I mean these are based on real characters, real real people in the West. Uh, it's called The Heart of They Fall. Um, Idris Elba is in it. He plays Ooh. he's he's a villain. He's a good villain. All right. And uh, Jonathan Majors is the kind of anti hero, I guess, of this movie. And they they each kind of run their own gang. And um, there's a lot of Lakeith Stanfield is in it. Um, uh, Regina King is in it. Zazie Beetz is in it. Um, Dion, I, I love everything. Dion about Cole, so Delroy Lindo. It's it's a really good, just it's a, it's a fun movie to watch. It's got a lot of the feel of Django Unchained, both with the gratuitous violence and the music. the The music in it reminded me a lot of the music that, from Django Unchained, and uh, it's just a really just a really entertaining movie. I mean, it's a uh, uh, Jonathan Majors plays a, a guy named Nat Love who has the the Nat Love gang, and he goes out basically. He's kind of like a Robin Hood. Kind of, kind of outlaw where he goes and he robs people that have robbed trains and robbed stagecoaches and stuff like that, and um, he basically has been working his way through trying to kill all the members of this other this other gang who's led by uh, I, f- I forget what the name of the the LaQuint Dicky Mining Company. No, no, that's, <laughs> yeah, that is Django. Low and behold. it's uh, it's it's the gang that uh, that Idris Elba is running because when he was a very small boy, Idris Elba. And his gang murdered his parents, so he's uh, he's out looking to to kill them. But uh, it's just a really fun movie to watch. It's it's all on Netflix. Um, about about two hours long, not overly overly long or anything. I saw it because you mentioned in the group that you saw that. I, I looked at it. I was very close to putting it on. Yeah, it's it's a fun watch. It's a it's a popcorn movie. Really? I really yeah. Is I, this I, one you have liked to have seen in theater, or is it does it belong on Netflix? I mean, it could it could have been in theaters. I mean, it's a it's a big western action movie. I you mean, know what though? I don't know if it's just me, but westerns. I don't feel like I have to see them. In no, theaters. I don't because I mean, it's not like big special effects or anything. Right. They I always mean, tend to be more intimate too. So. Yeah, unless it's Tombstone. 
I've liked I've liked to have seen the like Cowboys and versus Aliens. Yeah. Well, that movie was trash. Well, they were at Cowboys and the Aliens. I thought it was going to be really good. It was. Not. It had James Bond and Indiana Jones in it. And it was yet a failure. And it was directed by John Favreau. Everything about it, I thought was going to be like I, Glenn's right. Like, it had everything. It's weird. Like I remember, I watched it and I enjoyed it, but then it's I like didn't, I didn't. It's forgettable. It's, it's forgettable. It's a, it's a fun movie, but yeah. you're not going to just sit there and go, "Oh, I need to watch this." I thought they times. they didn't dive into the the funny. Uh, it could have been funny. Yeah, they should have did that more. Like, it could have been. So but what uh, would you give this? Seven. Yeah. I mean, it's got its you know its issues or whatever. Oh, I mean, sure. and I mean when you, it's one of those things. That, yeah, it's based on these true characters. I mean, when you look up. None of this shit in this movie happens and happened in real life, but uh, I mean, it's just it's a, it's a fun movie to watch. Cool. Well, speaking of hard-edged westerns, Clifford the Big Red Dog. Oh, <laughs> nice segue. Man, there. I gotta tell you, this this fucking dog really freaks me out in this movie. It's a it's a giant real. Like, okay, red dog. I just ha- read a meme. Okay, and this is extremely funny, but uh, shit, I had it up here. At any rate, it was basically saying that that. Uh, that the, the the local municipality would have put down Clifford the Big Red Dog as a as a menace. Well, well, they tried to. Like, I I think they should have animated the fucking thing or something, but to just like make a regular dog look really. I mean, big. they did yeah, the same thing they did with Alvin and the Chipmunks, and they made them digital though. Well, well yeah. those were digital chipmunks. And this is a, a big giant dog? red dog, but it looks like a real dog. But it's but it's still digital. digital. It's still digital. It's just. I mean, they don't. They didn't really have a dog. It's, 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 big, it's, right? it's not really. Yeah, a but dog. it looked like a real <laughs> dog. I mean, am I thinking about just, the same thing? Because this dog looked like a real dog. It does look like well, a real dog. Yeah, that's what it just like just like they do not look like real chipmunks. They look like chipmunks that, that no. have shirts and shit. No, 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 no. no. They the they fuck? look like cartoons that are just computer generated. Clifford the red, this doesn't look like a cartoon. It's like a real fucking dog. And he's really big and he's really red and it's really scary. And I don't want to talk about it. Well, you can talk about. I can talk about. I don't want to talk about. All right, so um. I brought my I brought That's my daughter to see this film with um, a lot of other children. I would have gone if it hadn't been the same time as the Saints game. Right. Well, all right, so Sandra's brother was in town, and he he lives in Virginia, and she never gets to see him. So I said, you know, I, I volunteered to take Felicity to see this. So I went and saw Clifford the Big Red Dog with a bunch of four year olds, and um, I guess the biggest testament to the movie is they loved it. And I mean, I wasn't unentertained. Got your fill of popcorn. And I did. I got some. I got some popcorn. I had a, a one of the flatbreads. I, I would have done. I would have done that. I'd have eaten and I would have fallen asleep. Oh, I, I didn't fall asleep. Could this film have benefited from, you know, a resurrected Charles Grodin? You know, he might have fit. So Beethoven. Yeah. The, the, it's a minute to realize what the hell you're. You know, about. I don't know what he's talking. What does that have to do with Charles Grodin? Because he was with Beethoven. Yeah, that, that's what the, the. That was that was a big dog. Say, It wasn't a giant dog. Like no, this but that was a real dog. This is not a real dog. Well, and the, it looks real. The the um the part that Charles Grodin would have played, John Cleese plays in this movie. Oh, yeah. So um, yeah, this little girl named uh, Emily is uh, um, she's uh kind of uh, she goes to this bo- this like kind of exclusive school and. She's there on some sort of a grant, and the kids make fun of her and call her food stamp. And, um, her, you know, her mom works really hard. And mom Look at has that dog. That's not normal. That's really freaky. He it, he looks like a real dog. They should have made him look. Why does it freak you out? They should have made him look like that. Why? That would have been freakier. I think to have an yeah. animated dog no. next to this little girl. No, no, no. Like that, that would have been some sort of acid trip. Look at that. That that. It's a big red dog. But it. Looks, that's what the title of the movie it is. Looks right? Too real. I mean, I thought the chipmunks were looked did, very were the real. dinosaurs what? too real looking with those Jurassic Park? They did not look like real chipmunks. Okay, again, I'll bring up a picture you of You pulled chipmunk. up a picture of a real chipmunk. Right. Not, not the chipmunks from the movie. There's the chipmunks from the movie. Now, does that look like a real that chipmunk That looks very similar. That, that looks more like a real chipmunk than the cartoon did. But that does not look as real as that Clifford dog. Well, it's progress. It's like Grand Moff Tarkin. Yeah. I think they had the technology to do that then, but they didn't want to make the chipmunk like, scary. It's like the $6 million man. They had the technology. Are you frightened of dogs normally? <laughs> no, but to make that dog big and red. But he's friendly. But he's on the he's screen. Friendly. He can't hurt you, Ryan. I don't want It's it. like Elliot the Dragon and Peach Dragon. <laughs> I mean, he's a big friendly. If it was a big red dog with like red eyes that like feasted on souls, that might be different. Yeah. But I mean, well, thanks a lot. I'm gonna have to dream about <laughs> All that. All right, now. well, there you go. Just that's, don't that's com- a different movie. Just don't combine this with Cujo, and you're you good to go. See, can you imagine that? That's the movie I'd want. Clifford, make, make Satan's Clifford, big red dog. <laughs> make him into Cujo. <laughs> well, anyway, he's not, so, he's not a hellhound. All right, <laughs> Clifford the big red hellhound. So, um, so anyway, this little girl. Uh, her mom goes on a business trip, and her uncle comes and babysits. He's uh, 
Jack Whitehall, which he was in the Jungle Cruise, which he was really funny in the Jungle yeah. Cruise. And he's fine in this. He's he's her kind of, you know, loser uncle that brings her to this um, this little tent. And John Cleese played this guy that runs like an animal rescue thing and gives her this little red dog. And uh, it was something where the amount she loves him will be how big he grows. So she wakes up the next morning, Clifford is huge. He's like 10 feet tall. It's creepy, man. <laughs> and it's just maybe it's because you never loved a dog that yeah, much. It's just it's just a lovable adventure about this girl and her uncle trying to at first hide this giant dog and then get society to accept him. And the kids loved it. I really didn't dislike it. I was entertained enough, which I think is good for children's movies. It had a good message. The little girl was cute in it. She's um, Darby Camp. She was the main girl in the Christmas Chronicles. Oh, okay. Yeah. Good. yeah. Wasn't she in, was she in Big Little Lies? Yeah, she yeah. was. Um, but I just remembered her from the Christmas yeah. Chronicles. But um, she's good. Um, like I said, all the actors I thought were good. I mean, it had John Cleese. Um, it was fun. I think I'd... I'm just kidding, John Cleese. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'd, I'd give it, I don't know, five and a half, six. And it's fun. I mean, it's... Nothing that I would put on and just necessarily watch by myself, but if Felicity has to watch it, I'd put it on. And I wouldn't be that upset, uh, considering some of the other things that are out there for kids. So, well, Tony Hale's in it, and David Allen Greer. Mm-hmm. From red dogs <laughs> to red notices. Okay. All right, we both saw this. We both saw this. Another yeah, Netflix another film. Another Netflix movie. This, and this was what the highest opening weekend or whatever for a Netflix movie. I right, and it might have had the the most attractive. Cast for a Netflix film. It's, yeah, it stars Ryan Reynolds, Dwayne Johnson, and Gal Gadot. Yeah, two out of three in bed. They're all they're three. Beautiful okay, people. I mean, let's be objective here. I mean, I know you don't like Ryan Reynolds, but I mean, he's a good looking dude. Not next to The Rock. Okay, remember, Not, you know, if if people comment on the show that you know yeah. they want Ryan to watch Ryan Reynolds movies, and yet you you jackasses are going to mention this to the people that you know, and then they're going to comment on the wrong episode like they did last time. And I, did, I, didn't, I didn't do that. No, of course you didn't. You have integrity, unlike these two. I told Sandra to do it on the right episode, and since they had already jumped the gun, she didn't do it. See, I love, I love Glenn. He's got <laughs> such integrity, such honor, unlike you two dipshits. <laughs> Well, speaking of honor, Red Notice. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, it'd be interesting to see if you would even honor it. If I people, would, if it was I legitimate. I, I don't believe you. Well, I think one episode you mentioned if The Rock and Ryan Reynolds did a movie together, you would watch it because of The Rock. Yeah. Did you not say you that? Mo- you did say oh, that. Oh, so someone's got to watch a fucking Red Notice. I think I did say I would consider it. No, no. No, you no, said no. You, you said you'd watch, watch it. it. Yeah. You said you'd watch it. Maybe I'll have to. I'm going to have to get Crystal to hold you to that. But, um... <sighs> So why you guys just insist on liking this guy? Uh, break out Be- the uh, the notary stamp. We're gonna, I mean, I mean, because you, he's you a act, national. You, you act like we're the only people in the world like him. Like, no, but we got to. It's got to start somewhere where we got to change the world. They, they, they gotta, why? Why? He's not good. Why? Why, why, should, why should you? Free have guy. To change I finally the world saw when Free Guy, and it's excellent. Yeah, Greg finally saw Free Guy, and it's delightful. If I am forced to watch his fucking catalog, um, that will be one of the ones that I watch. And then I want to watch you'll, you'll never hear Mariah Carey song again the same after you see it's a sweet guys. sweet fantasy yeah. I'm gonna um, yeah I'll watch that and I may watch Buried. the one where, yeah because I want to see him in pain <laughs> and I don't, I don't know what the third one would be Smoking Aces is good he's good in it too I think I y'all talked did about you see that. did you see Deadpool 2 no the I saw the first one, one. I like the second I can't one. imagine the second one being don't, very much different I don't, think, don't watch the second one um, just watch another Ryan Reynolds. Well, I think uh, you guys are always talking about that stupid proposal shit. I might watch that. I never oh, saw that. Proposal's delightful. But the the second Deadpool movie is actually funny for a lot of reasons other than Ryan Reynolds. Well, Josh I mean, Brolin is really good in it, and he gets this little team of... Yeah. Uh, that's all really funny. I mean, I assume it's pretty much the same type of shit as the first one. I think it's a better made movie than the better first movie. Really? Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's the same shtick. I just thought yeah. it was it was more refined. But back to Red Notice. Um, this is Dwayne Johnson, Ryan Reynolds, and Gal Gadot. Yep. Um... You want to go through this one? Yeah, um, so Ryan Reynolds is the supposedly the second most wanted art thief in the world. Nolan Booth. Nolan Booth, who's um, trying to become the, the most wanted uh, art thief in the world. It's like the plot of Assassins. <laughs> it is kind of, yeah, you're right. And um, the, uh, the, the person who's the number one art thief in the world, known as the Bishop, is Gal Gadot. And Dwayne Johnson plays... He's like he's a he's an FBI profiler. Profiler. Who's like basically done a profile on Ryan Reynolds' character. John, John Hartley. John Hartley. And he's working with Interpol trying to catch this guy in Rome at the beginning, stealing one of these three 
Cleopatra's eggs. They're these big gold uh, ornamental eggs that she was supposedly yeah. buried with. Well, they said that she was presented with these three eggs at, by Mark Anthony. By Mark Anthony. When they were and two of them had been uncovered, and one of them had been lost for centuries. Yeah. Right? And um, the um, Interpol agent, she was she was good. She was uh, she was in um, the she, Umbrella Academy. Yeah, she was. Um, what's her name? Um, Redo Arai. Yeah. yeah. And um, yeah, and basically there, she Ryan Reynolds is trying to get this egg, and he's getting she he's getting kind of double crossed by the bishop, and then this pro FBI profiler gets thrown in, and he kind of gets framed by the bishop, so that because she he's also looking for, you know, looking for the bishop, so they uh, she kind of double crosses both of them, so that they end up in prison together. So in Russia, she, in yeah. Russia, so that she can go, you know, and. Thieve, doing some thieving stuff with with no one in, with no, in with her no way. one yeah no one in her way, and then it's them trying to figure out a way to get out of the prison and then get the stuff you know steal the stuff before she does. It's just a big like kind of heist movie. It kind of reminded me. It had the feel of a national treasure kind of national thing. national treasure entrapment Thomas Crown affair. Yeah, and I was the guy that directed this also directed Central Intelligence with Dwayne Johnson, and it kind of had a feel. That was funny. It had yeah. kind of feel of that with yeah. him and Ryan Reynolds together because yeah. they didn't really like each other, but they were forced to work with, yeah. with each other. A little bit of vomit in my mouth whenever they say with Ryan Reynolds, and it's just, it's just what, do you, what do you do, Greg? And and, and, and I watch it and you yeah. enjoy it. The, Ryan Reynolds, he was really funny in this. He and was. in fact, the the line that made me laugh the most, I'm, this isn't giving anything away. There's a scene where him and Dwayne Johnson go into this room and they're looking for the, this egg, and there are these crates everywhere. And Dwayne Johnson says, "How are we supposed to find it?" And Ryan Reynolds just he almost looks at the camera and he's like, "Let's just find the one that says MacGuffin." And yeah. I, I I really laughed hard at that line just because it's basically what they're doing. Um, this cast is so attractive. I have to say, <laughs> it is an attractive cast. Yeah, Gal Gadot, that is a handsome woman. <laughs> and it's got some. It's got very. And it's got some very beautiful locales too, like all, like all the. Oh yeah. I mean, in Rome, and then there's they're in Central America. I mean, uh, South America and part of it, and then he's got some kind of house that looks like it's. Oh yeah. Like maybe like off Costa Rica or something. Yeah, or I mean, Cuba or something. Right, it's yeah, all. Yeah. It's all just very beautiful locales. Um, yeah. It's it's a lot of fun. Yeah. I mean, this movie isn't going to change the world. And it's it just... and it definitely, uh, of course, it's it's very wide open. Like they're they all, they should have almost the character should have almost announced that there's going to be a sequel to the movie. Which did you see after the credits? The bishop says, "I'll be back." Yeah, like, over the credits. But um, it's just you could tell the, the the chemistry between these three. They're all very they 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 flow very well together. Yeah, it's very fun. It's very well made. Like I said, it's not going to change the world, but if you're just looking for something kind of fun to put on and watch, mm-hmm. like an adventure thing, yeah, this is great. I mean, it's a fun little time. It's yeah. on Netflix. Yeah. Well, what would you give it? I'd give it probably a seven. I was going the same way, seven yeah. and a quarter maybe at the most. Didn't but. didn't blow me away, but I mean, it was like it was fun, fun to watch. Yeah, harmless little movie. I put it on. I woke up early on a Saturday, put it on, and I enjoyed enjoyed the hell out of it. Yeah. Well, you know, Ryan Reynolds ruined Green Man. No, he, he did didn't not. ruin the character. The, 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 the script ruined Green Lantern. I mean, didn't he have something to do with that? He read it. He agreed to it. <laughs> well, I think anyone would have agreed to No, I don't think so. I think I think he just gets away. He gets a free pass because he makes fun of the fact that he was in a piece of shit movie. I'll give him that. He at least has the intelligence to try and make distance himself from being in that by the fact that he makes fun of it all the time. Yeah. But he, he did make it. Right? He ruined a great character, right? Wasn't he a great character? Green Lantern, great character. Still is a great, still character, a great character. I mean, we're just, never, we just like Luke Skywalker is still a great character. Did, did, uh, did Dolph Lundgren ruin the Punisher? Um, yeah, there you well, go. There you go. That's a pretty good movie, though. Despite uh, it being having a I've never low seen budget, it. it's um, a solid film. But but Luke, Luke Skywalker's character met his end. But the Green Lantern was supposed to continue. He met his end too. There wasn't another movie. There has not been another Green Lantern movie. Yeah, just gonna do a TV series on HBO Max. That, hopefully. No, there there are. Did I mean, did Ben Affleck ruin Daredevil? He did not. Close. Charlie Cox, <laughs> Charlie Cox uh, revived it. He, the, the but, that, but again, that movie wasn't Ben Affleck's fault. Yeah, bumps happen. Things happen. You just the movie just wasn't good. You go along. And Ryan Reynolds. I mean, he there's a bump in his career, and he makes fun of it. And I think he's the better man for it. He's a very funny Canadian dude. Very attractive. What's the, what's not to love? Uh, I mean, he's got Blake Lively. I mean, yeah, he doesn't deserve that. I mean, that that you want a, a silver lining out of Green Lantern, he gets to 
go to bed with Blake Lively every night because of that movie, I'm yeah. sure. Well, I guess, yeah, there's that. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta give him a win for that one. <laughs> Make a piece of shit movie with yeah, Blake Lively? Yeah, I would do that. So again, any listener that would like Ryan to give Ryan Reynolds a chance... And I guess we would do a feature episode we, where we'll I would... call Ryan on Ryan. Ryan on Ryan. <laughs> He's already got the title right. Damn right I do. Hmm. If you guys want to... I'm telling you, look, no, no funny business from John and I. How many would I have to watch? It um, depends on how each many. person. Each person that says something. Oh, that's what the deal is? That's yeah. the deal. Each person that comments that they And you like already to. have to watch Red Notice because you already said you were going to. Yeah, you, you, you already So that doesn't count. No we, funny we, business. I'm we, not going to just tell people to do it. Are we it. counting the, the bullshit that y'all did last time? What did we do? Did we just time? fucking say it? told everybody you knew. No, I just said we're not going to do that. Okay. No, we just said no funny business. We're so starting now. And I didn't tell everybody <laughs> I knew. I told my wife to do it. No funny That was one person. And I talked to Sosa, and Sosa was like, oh, this will be funny. Yeah. No funny stuff. So why are you guys going around? Telling people to do it. It's one fucking person. Just, that's still telling because the it was person. funny. Because it's funny. It's not funny. It'll be funny if people legitimately comment. Legitimate comments. You hear that, legitimates? So the title of this episode is "Comment to Have Ryan Watch Ryan Reynolds." It's <laughs> 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 hilarious. Uh, the Reynolds pamphlet. <laughs> you know, oh is, is there something to it that you know you just said about how he was in that shit movie and he got Blake Lively out of it, and then Ben Affleck made that shit Daredevil movie and he got Jennifer Garner out of it. Maybe it's the fact that these guys are just getting blinded by vagina when they're making these movies that they're piece of shit movies. Maybe. Yeah. No, what the Daredevil, in the, at least in the case of Daredevil, that was the, the studio interfering in the movie too much. Yeah, didn't you say the director's cut? The director's really cut's very good, yeah. It's a solid film. It's a lot better yeah. than the, the theatrical version. They were blinded by the light. <laughs> like Mother Roner and then that. So speaking of blinded by the light... Um, were any proton pack blindings that happen when you watch Ghostbusters Afterlife? Greg, did you watch? I did not yet. I want I to. I didn't watch There it. is a scene, and I'm not going to give anything away, but there is a scene that when it happened, I looked at my, my buddy Josh that I was with, and um, it, I kind of immediately thought of Tony Stark talking about the Avengers, but nobody thinks about what happens, like, you know, all the people that got injured. Because there's one scene where it looks like several innocent bystanders could have very well been killed by a proton pack. <laughs> and it's kind of in the trailer. Yeah, so. yeah. Let me just ask this one Yeah, ask any questions you'd like. Before you start this review. Because I didn't rush to watch this. Not because I didn't think the trailer was good, but because I was afraid that they were going to make this just like Stranger Things. It's nothing like Stranger Things. No. It looked like a Stranger Things The only thing, I mean, episode, it's the same kid. Yeah. Which, I, I mean, the, the kid... So, I mean, it does look a little bit like it because the kid... Well, no, the kid, <laughs> he looks the, the, the fact that, like, it's a, it's a bunch of little kids getting together again. I was no. like, are they doing a Stranger Things Ghostbusters? No. no. So it's not like that. Not, a, not okay. even a little. I mean, like I said, other than the fact that Finn, Finn Wolfhard's... And the it. only reason he's even uh, he's even part of, like, it's it's basically the, the daughter is the one that's in it, and she finds a little friend, and they're kind of interested in the ghost. He's just trying to find a car to go, to go meet this girl that he's just he, met, he, and he finds it in their grandfather, which his grandfather is Egon. You know, that's not a spoiler. Yeah. Um, the only car that they've got in this big... There's like a whole a bunch farm, of cars. A farm. It's like a farm. There's a whole bunch of like burnt out cars, and the only one that's even got an engine in it is Ecto One. So he just starts driving that. So he tries to fix it up so he could have a car. Yeah. He's just looking for a girlfriend. He's, he's kind of. He's not into ghosts or anything. Like yeah. That. He's kind of like John Candy's son in The Great Outdoors. He just sees a girl he likes and he wants. To... And it's just it's a little kid that the daughter meet, the daughter's just really into science, and the kid that she meets is he he does a podcast and he's just really into like conspiracy theories and not just ghosts but like any kind of thing like that. And I'll so say the little girl, I mean, she does a pretty good job of um acting like the way Harold Ramis did, like when he would talk about I had a slinky once and I straightened it. Yeah. The way he was just kind of very odd and matter of fact. Matter of that's that's how she is. And, and like, the way that she looks, she looks kind of like he did in the animated show with her hair. <laughs> and just yeah, and, I used and, to like that one. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and she like they apparently they're trying to get her to be more normal, and they keep getting her to try to tell jokes, and she keeps telling these jokes that are they're science jokes. They're just science jokes, and they're not really funny, and the way she delivers them are yeah. not funny either. Why do you Why do you never trust Adams? Because they make up everything. I mean, it's 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 silly. Yeah. But, um, all right, so the, I mean, the plot of this film—it's the uh, this family. Where are they the, in Kansas or some shit? All right, so they start off in—are they in New York? They're in New York. They, and then they—they're they, kind of broke. They get evicted, and they find out that their grandfather has died. But none of them are really upset because no one really knew him. Yeah. And they, he left them this farm out in the middle of Oklahoma, so they move out there. And at first, they go out there just to kind of sell the stuff. But then they get evicted, and they realize this is the only thing they have, so they decide to kind of stay there. Um, and they don't really know anything about their grandfather. And 
as John said, when they move out there, they find the, the ecto stuff, and there's a lot of kind of odd science things in the house, and then eventually you find out that the grandpa is uh, Egon. Janine's the one that comes and brings him the keys to the house. Um, and some strange things start happening in this, this little town. Um, the little girl becomes friends with her science teacher, played by Paul Rudd, mm-hmm. who's... Uh, who's kind of similar to Mark Harmon in Summer School, the way his philosophy of teaching. The greatest actor Because it it's, it's Summer School. They're yeah, they're, they're in Summer School. It yeah. is Summer School that he's teaching. Yeah. Um, anything else you want to... No, I mean, I don't, I don't want to really give anything away. Give, I mean, yeah. they did such a good job of not giving anything away for so right. many, for a few years now. I mean, it's... I can't wait to see this. I thought Jason Reitman did a fantastic job with this. I, I was really... It was just enough of the old stuff to, like, you know, give you... Give you the feels, kind of. It, it wasn't I, like it wasn't just like forcing it all in. I will say, like the way it kind of builds up to something, and I'm not gonna lie, I, I I cried during that whole third act. I mean, it was very emotional, especially if you grew up watching Ghostbusters. Yeah. But um, you're right. It's just the I thought it was the perfect mix of nostalgia and kind of the new style of filmmaking. Yeah. Is it stuff. only in theaters? Yep. Yes. The little girl I thought was great, McKenna Grace. I mean, she plays the. Harold Ramis part to the T. Mm-hmm. The mom was it Carrie Coon. Carrie Coon, yeah, she's um, she was Proxima Midnight in the Avengers. Yeah, she was and also in. Uh, she was in Gone, Gone Girl. Girl. She was on first season of Fargo. She's yeah, she's, she's good. good. She was good. I mean, everyone in this film did, mm-hmm. a, did a pretty good job. Some of the stuff with Finn Wolfhard, they could have cut a few scenes out, I think. But um, without really giving any away, did was it just me or the, they totally wasted J.K. Simmons? Right. Yeah. I mean, it was almost like a cameo. Yeah, it's like they show. I was like, "Is that J.K. Simmons?" Was he show Jonah Jameson in, in this? No, he's not. No. But he's only in it for about thirty seconds. Yeah, I mean, I thought it was almost like a cameo, because yeah. um, without giving any spoiler, that character was actually supposed to be in the um, climax of the original Ghostbusters, and he was. Oh, was he? Yeah, um, but um, I'm, I don't want to give anything away. But um, there's a lot of nods to the original Ghostbusters. There's some very slight nods to the second one, but not a whole lot. Like. Uh, there's still a Ray's occult bookstore, and that's probably the biggest reference to the second one. Mm-hmm. And I did notice that toaster and Egon's stuff mm-hmm. from the second movie, but it's mostly diving into the first movie and uh, a lot of nostalgia for that. But um, and also for Lord Vigo, yeah, he's <laughs> of the Statue of Liberty walks. <laughs> they they yeah, they don't mention Vigo. No, I'm sure they. Didn't but they use a, a GameCube controller. <laughs> no, I bet you there wasn't no. Uh, you know, they, they weren't in New York, so they couldn't get scheduled. But I bet you that none of that shit was in his, like... I, again, just um, try to go see this film before some of the things get spoiled. Yeah, Just because I thought seeing it on open weekend, not knowing a whole lot, it it really it, it moved me, and I, I had so much fun watching it. Scores, gentlemen? Eight and a half. Eight and a quarter. See, they, usually eight is enough, Ryan, but eight and a half... That's not that doesn't apply to scores. Oh, okay. Right. Definitely go at Ghostbusters Afterlife. Definitely go check it out. Go see that in theaters. Definitely. Yeah, the biggest theater you can too, because it's it's fun. Better than the female version. It's a different kind of movie, but I, yeah, I, think I didn't so. hate the female version. This was more in touch with the old movie. Yes. And now it's time to nominate this week's awesome villager, gentlemen. Who are your nominees and why? I'm, I'm gonna the- nominate the sexiest man alive, Paul Rudd. Um, and that's not my opinion. That's science. Um, and People Magazine. And People, and People Magazine. Um, I mean, I thought he was great for his part in Ghostbusters. He stole almost all of his scenes. Mm-hmm. He was really funny. Uh, I love him in the Ant-Man movies. Um, he's Paul I, Rudd. He's, I mean, Paul he's, Rudd. he's Paul Rudd. I mean, we, I just last episode we talked about the Brittany Murphy doc, and they showed some old pictures of him in Clueless, and he still looks exactly the same somehow. Yeah. Not really sure how. He's got a new show on Apple that I haven't checked out yet with Will Ferrell. Is it the yeah, I saw the trailer Therapist for Next Door, yeah. I think. But um, I think this is just this is Paul Rudd's world. We're all just living in it, and that's I'm nominating him. I would go with Jason Reitman, actually, just so, you know, for directing this. I think he did his dad proud. Ivan Reitman did the original Ghostbusters, and I thought he... He held true to it very well. The same, the same feeling was there in the. I love it how it even had the same music. Yeah. The little piano thing that Venkman did on Dana's piano. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna nominate Sylvester Stallone, even though I didn't see uh, Rocky versus Drago, but I'm gonna nominate him for fixing it mm. and and making it a better film. It sounds like a better film. You should watch it. The fact that you know Rocky's stupid speech doesn't make an entire nation of people change their minds about things is pretty ridiculous, and I'm glad he fixed that. Greg, who's your pick? Uh, I'll see your Stallone and I'll raise you a Ryan fucking Reynolds. Because I saw Free Guy and it is delightful. 
And we saw Red Notice, and it is fantastic. So the 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 Reynolds streak continues. Is it Ooh. a streak? It is a streak. Yeah. I love Paul Rudd, but I think I'm gonna go Ryan Reynolds on this one. I'm gonna um. Who the fuck did Glenn say? Ryan. I've said Paul Rudd. Yeah, I'm gonna go Paul Rudd. I think I might go with Ryan Reynolds. Oh man. Oh. oh. Is that is that the majority? Uh, no, I Greg hasn't voted. Well, well you well, know, he can't vote for himself. I, I can't vote for myself, but you know, Jason Reitman <laughs> is a great <laughs> director. I think I should change my vote to Jason Reitman. You can't change it. I no. can't. I, I so can it's do locked. Well, I mean, if you change it, Greg might change his too. So. <laughs> so what it boils down to is, uh, who's the Austin Villager of this week, Ryan? I don't know. Make sure you type it in your phone and spell it correctly. And yeah. And remember, as always, guys, if you want Ryan to watch Ryan Reynolds' films, I don't know why anybody would be interested in that. Because you're such a dick. Because I don't. Why. I mean. And if Ryan Reynolds, if you want to come hang out with no, us, no, we'll, we'll make we, this Ryan leave. We only yeah, need one Ryan fine. at the table, and I think I, we'd probably rather have you. What if he brings Blake Lively with him? Then I'll go with her somewhere else while you four idiots she talk about it. She wouldn't go anywhere with you. <laughs> Bruce, my main man. My main well, man. I'm talking to you, Bruce. <laughs> Bruce, if you want Ryan to watch Ryan Reynolds films, I, I, we need your help, dude. And I know I don't think Bruce has social media, so just text. I was about text to say, me. how the hell is Bruce gonna? He's gonna listen to this episode, and, I know, and, he and he's gonna and he's gonna text Glenn, yeah. and I'll show you the text. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Or I could just give him your number, and he could just start texting you how much what Ryan Reynolds movies you should watch. Or he can on the website. I mean, is he a Brian yeah. Reynolds fan? I don't. I don't think it matters. He's a fan of good cinema. I agree with that, which is I, why I don't think he's a fan of Ryan Reynolds. You need to watch Free Guy. That movie is it, is, it is great. It's great. I, I, I had a co I, I recommend it to somebody, and he said he thought it should win Best Original Screenplay. Well, that guy's dumb. All right. Well, Have you seen You've it? never seen it. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so ridiculous. On that note, there are many ways to find us Anchor Podcast, Google Podcasts, and those other platforms. You can also, you know, comment and, and listen yes. to us on our website, theawesomevillage.com. No, this is the one we, we don't want anybody to comment. We, we want everyone to. We want all the comments. No, no, no. All right. This has been Greg. John? Glenn. The good Ryan. And we'll see you next week.